Welcome to KC Corner. This is Brooks Robinson, and I'll be joined by Jeff Jakes. This podcast will be a behind-the-scenes look of King's Chapel, where we will recap the previous sermon and then also look ahead at the upcoming Sunday. We look forward to sharing this new piece of content with you guys. And with that being said, let's go. So for KC Corner, we're hoping to have some different weekly segments each week. Um, and can you get into those a little bit, Jeff? Uh, just some ideas that we've come up with immediately, and I'm sure we'll have new ones down the road as well. Sure. Hey, welcome to KC Corner. Uh, it's really good to have you all listening. Uh, Brooks and I are excited to do this. So um, anyway, thank you for tuning in. One of the things we hope we want to do um, each week is kind of have an opportunity to look back and to see what happened um, last week, especially in last week's sermon under something we are calling what I meant to say. And I'm excited about that segment because it gives me another chance to to kind of drive home what I felt like the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart uh, as the main point. You know, Brooks, it's interesting is that someone who's had the privilege, and it's a privilege of preaching God's Word. I remember as a young preacher, I tried to say everything. And trying to say everything, you wind up saying nothing. And then you turn from that to say, I want to say something. And and then um, that's, that's a good, important step. But when you mature by God's grace and um, the, the Spirit is leading you, you lead to a point where... You get to a point where you say, I, I really feel like I have something to say. And it's not me personally, but this is what God has etched on my heart. And uh, I got to make sure I say this. So under the segment, what I meant to say is kind of make sure that we can weave that in and, and uh, kind of make the main point the main point again. Because in a sermon, oftentimes it could be lost. Um, you know, and it's not the listener's fault. It's the preacher's fault. I mean, we get so excited and, and there's so much to share. And that's probably the hardest thing, Brooks, is, you know, what what is left on the editing floor? God's word is amazing. His story is amazing. So what I meant to say will be an opportunity to be a real quick recap, uh, a little segment of, uh, hey, this is what we said last week. And this is what really we got to hang on to, at least a one nugget going forward. So uh, I hope God will, will bless that, and it'll really be helpful for all of us. We kind of got this idea, too, um, from our KC groups. The leaders every week, Jeff will send uh, what he calls the KC goodies. And so it's the outline of his sermon, and then uh, most of the time he sends a little 5-10 minute voice memo, too. And we thought, hey, other people in the congregation will definitely want to hear this as well. And it's interesting and helps recap the sermon and understand it and kind of the behind-the-scenes look. So that's kind of where we got this idea and wanted to bring it to light. That's awesome. So each week we're going to have you kind of recap your previous sermon and do a segment called What I Meant to Say. And then for the upcoming sermon things that you hope to say. So going back into last week for part three of Triumph of the Lamb, um, some things that you meant to say in that sermon that, and that you wanted to recap. Uh, well, thanks, Brooks. You know, it's something I always wanted to do. I think every preacher uh, realizes there's always more to say. And you look back probably Sunday evening and think, oh, man, did I stress this? Or, man, I really wish I had a chance to say that. So grateful for this segment. Um and really what I wanted to say or meant to say about Ephesus was that it was an amazing church. You look at the history of the church, the who's who of pastors who were there and taught the gospel there from Paul and Timothy and Apollos and, and others. I mean, what, a, what an incredible place. And it, had a, it was a church that had a ton of good things going for it. I mean, they worked hard. Uh, they patiently endured some difficult times. They had great theology. 
but it had a huge hole in the middle of it. And so that's a problem. And I think a lot of times we could look at a church and say that it's a healthy church because it's an active church or it's a healthy church because it's a theologically sound church. And you certainly want to be both of those things. But if a church is not known for the way it loves God and the way it loves its neighbor, nothing really else truly matters. And so I uh, just wanted to emphasize the importance of love, love for God, love for neighbor, that apparently the church in Ephesus was missing. A theologian years ago said something like this. I think it was Martin Luther, but I'm not sure. But he said, uh, love God and do whatever you want to do. And that's a paraphrase, but... I think when we love God, we love what he loves and we hate what he hates. And that's got to be important for the church just to have their heart set on God, their heart beating for God. So above all else, it's about love. So that was the point, Brooks, is that above all else, uh, a church has got to be known for the way it loves God and loves its neighbor. And, and the only way we fall deeper in love with God is spend more time with him. And the more time we spend with him, the more we realize how amazing he is and our triune God and what Jesus has done for us. And spend time with him in his word, even in creation. Just be in awe of what he created. Uh, spend more time in prayer and his presence. And just the reminders that he loves you. And that's to me, marinate in the gospel. Just don't forget who you are in Christ. So. I hope and pray that King's Chapel will be really known for the way we love. And first and foremost, our God, but secondly, uh, one another and our neighbor. And that's that's just something we can't miss like the church in Ephesus did. That's interesting you bring up, you know, being in nature and that's how we praise him and can glorify him. You know, when you're, when you're in the mountains in North Carolina or on the West Coast uh, of the States and see a beautiful sunset, that's kind of the time where we feel closer to him and feel like we're really worshiping him uh, in a natural way. Yeah, and I agree. And, you know, I think that there are some settings that are a lot better than others. But I'm telling you, just right out your backyard sometimes, you know, you can see the cloud formation. Or uh, I put some bird seed out yesterday and the birds were hammering it. And just to see uh, what he has created. Um, I could see it in the backyard. I like it better at the beach or in the mountains. But, you know, I think if... Uh, uh, if we keep our eyes open to God's glory, uh, it's it's everywhere, and it's it really causes our hearts to sing. Or fishing too. <laughs> fishing too. You know, the problem with fishing to me is you gotta you gotta put something on the hook, and that's where I go wrong. You know, it's if it's alive, I'm nervous about you know putting a hook through a live thing. If it's dead, I'm not sure I want to touch it. So I, I'm not sure I'm man enough to be a fisherman, uh, um, but I, I do like the uh, the byproduct of eating good fish. So jumping into this week for Triumph of the Lamb Part 4 and doing our next segment segment of what you hope to say, um, talking about the church in Smyrna, um, some things that you hope to say this upcoming week. How do you not love the church in Smyrna, Brooks? I mean, don't we love New Smyrna Beach? Isn't that kind of a uh, awesome place to go? And I have no idea how New Smyrna Beach got its name, by the way. But Smyrna, Smyrna like Ephesus, was a really kind of a important city, um, in Asia Minor, and uh, a lot of things had happened there. But it's interesting because the letter that is written to the church in Smyrna only is positive. There's no rebuke. Uh, it's only one of two that doesn't have any rebuke. But what they're known for is their tribulation and poverty. It's pretty interesting to realize that oftentimes the church does better when it's, it's in a difficult situation than when it does 
when it's prosperous or in a situation where uh, conditions are are healthy, so to speak. And so in the midst of tribulation and great tribulation, uh, there are a lot of very famous people. And I'm going to talk about some of them on Sunday who were martyred uh, in Smyrna uh, for the faith. And that tribulation was real. And they also, in the midst of an economically successful uh, city, the Christians were known for their poverty. I don't know why, but maybe they were being ostracized uh, uh, or, or, you know, somehow uh, the economic turn was difficult for them. But what I really hope to say is this, is that we can thrive when things are bad. King's Chapel, um, when things are difficult, uh, if there's tribulation and poverty, um, that doesn't mean that that's not success because they had what Ephesus didn't. They had that love piece apparently in place. And they had to be reminded again of who Jesus is. And when we're reminded of who Jesus is and what he's done, we're okay. Two big exhortations. One is don't be afraid. I mean, how amazing to be reminded of don't be afraid, uh, especially in the midst of tribulation. Because Jesus is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's got us. Don't be afraid. He, I'll also say he's the living one. He's conquered death. So don't, don't be afraid. And then it'll say, be faithful even unto death. And I love the fact that God will never ask us of anything that he himself would not do. And so Jesus was faithful unto death. We see that in Philippians 2. Um, we are to be faithful even unto death. Why? Because death won't separate us from our God. And death uh, is a passageway now into glory. But one of the things, and this is uh, the last little, little snidbit for Sunday, what's very interesting about what happens to the church of Smyrna is that um, Jesus, uh, the risen lamb, is going to tell them, hey, I know what's about to happen to you. And some of you are going to be thrown in prison. And I know how long it's going to happen to you. And sometimes we wonder, how can God know bad stuff's going to happen and allow it to happen? How can a loving God do that? And so um, he says, it's going to be for your testing. So we know it's not random, but we live in a world where there's a lot of difficulty and we live in a world where God is in perfect control. And sometimes we have a hard time with that equation of why the tribulation and the poverty of God is good and God is in control. But God has a plan that's unfolding. we got to trust it. And I think the only way we do is we look to him, who he is, what he has done, and have that peace so that we're not afraid and we are faithful to the very end. So come Sunday. Don't It's, it's only a snid, but you still got to come. We want you there. I think last week in our KC group, it talked about how he basically promises that we will have suffering and tribulations in our life. And it's almost like a, not a commandment, but a guarantee of that's going to happen in our life. But it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Um, I love the fact that Scripture is so honest. Uh, you know, Paul's going to tell Timothy, if you want to live a godly life, you're going to be persecuted. And um, I think it does a few things, Brooks. One of the things it does, it really shows that we are in a battle. There is a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man. There's a battle between the kingdom of God and, and the dark forces and Satan of this world. And you know, uh, you think sometimes, gosh, I give my life to Christ and things are going to go better and easier. And your life will certainly be blessed, but as Christians, it's going to be a struggle. So I appreciate God's word giving us a heads up like, hey, this isn't, don't be surprised uh, of the fiery trial, scripture will tell us. Don't be surprised that, that these things happen. This is going to happen in this world. But, but take good cheer. Uh, Jesus will say, I've overcome the world. So yeah, we're going to have 
some bad stuff, but we won't have to ever go through it alone. And we know that that ultimately, whatever that bad is, even if it takes our life, it ultimately won't win. That's a that's that's the good news of the gospel. And there we go. There's the teaser for next week. And we hope to see you all on Sunday. Come Sunday. So each week we'll, we definitely will always have the recap of the previous sermon and then the tease for the upcoming sermon. But um, we'll also throw in some new ideas every week as well. And the first one we kind of want to talk about is a little question of the week. Um, figuring out the best way to receive these questions from you guys. But this first one uh, comes from Jeff's wife, Katie Jakes, um, that we wanted to cover about baptism. Again, it's great because Katie was like, can you please do this? It wasn't like she didn't know the answer to this question. But uh, Sunday, last Sunday, I had the privilege of baptizing my granddaughter, Polly June, and our first official baptism of King's Chapel. And that was just so awesome. Another one's coming up in February, by the way. But anyway, um, you know, I mentioned to the congregation as if everybody knew that I bought a new baptismal font and bowl, which, by the way, um, we kind of put it together. It wasn't made to be a baptismal font and and, uh, baptismal, but we made it so. So anyway, I said, hey, I got it to barn. Um, And I remember... uh, uh, JP, my son, leaned next to my wife and said, well, what's the barn? As if everybody should know. I did that, I, too. I didn't really know what you are yeah, talking yeah, about. I kind of smiled and waved. <laughs> you know, and I do that. You know, hey, everybody knows the barn. Well, the barn is, uh, it's kind of a, it's an antique place over near Lake Alfred or Auburndale in that area, not far off of I-4. And it's a cool place. We got some pieces there. We've had some friends get some pieces there over the years. And I got to admit, Brooksy, it's kind of an old person place, you know? I mean, you know, it, it has a it has a, a luncheon associated with it. And it's like, you know, when you go to a place and they serve you lunch and it's like, like, like a half a sandwich and a little piece of fruit, you're like, what in the world, man? They, they are not thinking about me here. But I was pretty stoked knowing that I, I was looking for a baptismal and they're expensive. And so I was looking online for use one. You know, you're, you're hoping that a, that a beautiful church went under and we could take their baptismal. <laughs> so, but they just like, outgrew it. <laughs> you know, we could recycle it. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, and God was just showed us great favor. I love what we got. And um, we're going to try to put our logo um, on it and go from there. So when I said the barn, specifically, it's a place... And guys, listen up. Uh, if you're if you're married, or if you want to get some cool points uh, with uh, uh, your girlfriend, if you're not married, and great great points with your wife, take them to the barn. Pretend you're interested. Walk around. Uh, they're gonna love it. There's some cool old stuff, and know that that's where King's Chapel got its baptismal. I feel form. like they need to workshop that name when you say you have to when you want to take your girlfriend to the barn. <laughs> I don't know if the, immediately they'd be excited about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, Brooks. I did. That's uh, there might be once again. I get myself in hot water. So uh, yes, make sure that you say you're taking them to an antique shop called the Barn. Yes. So uh, good, good, good point. Well, great first question of the week. So each morning, and I believe you do it in the morning. Um, you do your devotionals, and you just kind of want to highlight uh, your devotional thought of the week, uh, what you've been reading, uh, and some thoughts that you've had as well. You know, I had the privilege of growing up in a home where my mom so modeled for me um, a walk with Jesus that was just purely motivated out of love, and she had a she had an amazing devotional life. Uh, I, I can vividly remember coming downstairs at 
my house in New Hartford, New York, and seeing uh, my mom on her knees with a stack of devotionals next to her. And somehow, by God's great grace, um, that transferred to me. I'm kind of a devotional junkie. Um, every year, I put some new devotional books in what I call my devotional bag. Uh, every year, I keep some, uh, like Morning and Evening and Valley of Vision that will never leave. And I love this sec section, uh, this little segment, Brooks, because, you know, oftentimes uh, there's just a gem that God shows me that I would love to chat about that um, you don't get an opportunity. So um, every year, I think I, I, most people know I, I buy a new Bible. Um, I try to look for a different translation and read through it following a different program every year. I, I try to make notes on what God says uh, uh, about his word. And so the devotional thought is this taking something that maybe I, I read from Paul Tripp's uh, New Morning Mercy or, or Scotty Smith's uh, Everyday Prayers or Spurgeon's Morning and Evening and just give you guys a, uh, a little nugget of thought um, that you could chew on as well. It's just like, just a reminder of, you know, in the gospel, we're all just beggars who have found bread that want to tell other people where to come and eat. And so, you know, that's, that's what I'd love for in this is just a, a, a beggar like me who daily finds bread, um, manna from heaven in this devotional time. It's my favorite time of the day. I, I feel like that's the high water mark and it's all downhill after that. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, it's funny. I do get a little legalistic. You ask if I do it first thing in the morning. And sometimes um, that is the goal. Uh, uh, I'm not as much of a morning person as I wish I was. Um, but... So there's times like this morning where we're doing KC Corner before I've done my devotionals. So, uh, um, but you know, I, I do try to seek ye first, so to speak, the first thing of the day. I get a little legalistic with that sometimes. Like, uh oh, I'm into my devotions, you know, I might get a flat tire, which it's not true. It's bad theology. So anyway, yeah. So the devotional thought: a beggar who finds bread who shares it with other beggars. So come and listen to that thought. Now, for your devotional, are, you referenced a couple different books there. Are you going, sticking with one each morning or each day for a month, week, or do you kind of hop around depending on how you're feeling? Well, you know, you see this stack of devotionals right here. This is this is it. So, um, I don't, radio, everyone can hear it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they can see it perfectly in their mind's eye. So, um, but no, it's a, uh, I, I typically will have... Um, each year, I'll set aside some books I'll go through. Typically, daily, uh, I'll go through that stack of books. Um, so uh, this year, there's about six or seven um, that I'm going through. Um, and again, I think down the road, we can talk a little bit more specifically, maybe do a segment on you know what I do in my devotion life, because uh, yeah, it's just something over the years that's kind of developed and uh, something I'm really grateful for. So we're going to wrap up and talk about what we hope to, this, this podcast brings and these recaps bring and uh, just some other ideas that we want to share and bring to King, King's Chapel. You know, I think more than anything, Brooks, no matter what we do, what we hope that this podcast brings is a closeness to King's Chapel family and beyond uh, that, you know, one of the things I love about our church, it has such a wonderful family feel, no matter who you are and if you come for the first time or... You know, if you've known us for a while or not, we really strive to say, come as you are, and we want to love on you and, and uh, point you to Jesus. So we hope each section kind of does that, kind of makes you feel like, hey, I'm a part of something that God is uh, 
in the midst of. So with that, uh, some of the segments that um, we might do week to week is uh, the get to know Jeff section, which is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> not narcissistic at all. Not at all. You know, and if you know me, you know that, you know, there's is. is um, Wait, are you think, from New York? Yes, I'm from New York, okay. upstate New York, actually. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, Twain would. Uh, Mark Twain said um, that you know there's always truth in humor, so um, it's a little scary stuff. But and if you know, here, here's a cool thing, Brooks. If the get to know Jeff section doesn't go well, we could do a get to know Brooks section. Oh yeah, you know, you that's know. exhilarating. <laughs> it would be, man, Let's it would talk be, about UCF football. There you go. The greatest hits of uh, Brooksy's life. So uh, great athlete, by the way. Saw him grow <laughs> up. But anyway, so get to know Jeff could be an opportunity because uh, seriously, as a pastor. And especially, honestly, as a pastor with a personality that loves people, um, I think that there's been times where um, I don't get a chance to really uh, get to know people beyond the pulpit or Sunday morning at the back door. Um, so this will hopefully be a little bit of an inside look. I hope not to bore you to death. Maybe you don't want to drive or operate heavy machineries when you listen to this. <laughs> so, but anyway... Um, then also, we're going to talk about, hey, from Jeff's study, maybe what, what books that I happen to be nosing through. Um, I, I am notorious for buying books. Occasionally, I read them. Um, I love perusing books. Um, I don't finish a lot of them, but I, uh, um, I, I really do enjoy, especially a pretty broad range of voices I like to listen to. Yeah, especially in our KC group that first week, you brought out that stack of books that talk about revelation and you kind of go through each one different sections of it never read through the whole thing but yeah. looking for different topics uh, that you'll be covering that week yeah that's those are the commentaries and so that's like uh i think i think i don't know if i've ever counted them up i'm looking back over there but i, I probably have 10 commentaries uh on the book of revelation which you know, um, I think that one of the biggest uh, fears, if that's the right word, I would have is I'm going to miss something. I won't say something that's really important. And I want to know from, you know, when other people were digging in this sandbox and they were trying to find the gold, uh, what did they find? And, um, you know, if anybody preaches and feels like what they're saying is original, that's really scary because, you know, this is God's living holy word. And there's always going to be new, fresh insights. Maybe fresh insights is better than something brand new. Mm -hmm. You know, if, yeah, if I'm trying to find something brand new, it's a little scary. So, uh, yeah. And you pray that each week uh, after you're reading also anything that's your opinion or that may be false, let that fall away and let um, just what God says speak to everyone. So I, I, I like how you say that each week and something to look forward to. And um, you're getting your sermons and ideas from a bunch of different places and doing your homework for sure. Yeah, you know, and that's just a reminder, not just to the congregation, but to me that, uh, you know, the ultimate teacher every Sunday's got to be, it's got to be our great God. The Holy Spirit's got to illuminate the word and be there. Um, scripture says that God is pleased to use the foolishness of preaching, that that is a, a means of grace, so to speak. That's something that God uses to really open up our, our hearts. But it's, it's humbling. Um, and when I say, hey, speak through a broken sinner like me and, you know, just make sure that you press home what's of you, I really mean it. I mean, those, those are, that's not just words. That's just like, Lord, I, I realize I stand um, in, before your word and before your people. And it's awesome, but it's a bit terrifying, too. So I need to have that prayer. Well, that wraps up our first episode of KC Corner. And we hope to see you guys Sunday and then again next week.
you guys listen, you got to listen to at least two of these, all right? You can't just be one and done. Come back and tell your friends about us. Casey Corner, there's a place in the corner for you. Woo!